I have, uh, if you do not know who I am, uh, my wife and I, we had the privilege of having three months uh, of sabbatical, you know, staff for 14 years, um, and this was uh, such an incredible time. And I want to just thank this church from the get-go for her incredible generosity and kindness for this time. Uh, we absolutely loved it, and we learned three things in our time off. Number one, I love my wife, Fiona, more than ever before. I really do. She is uh, the love of my life. Um, we've been married just shy of 10 years, and uh, I was terrified that she would spend three months uh, unabated with me, and she would actually think, wow, do I still like this guy? But actually, we found out that we still love each other very much, and uh, we really do uh, love being married. We love the fact that we get to do this together. Secondly, we really fell in love afresh with this thing called church, the bride of Christ. And not just church in general, but life changes church. I want to say to you, life changes church, those in the room, those online, you are a beautiful church. Being away from you for a while, just our hearts ached and we just realized this is the kindest church, the bravest church, the most generous church in a little area called Tableview that is actually changing the world. And I want to say we love you, Life Changes. You're a profound church and we couldn't wait to be back. And thirdly and finally, we learned that we really do love Jesus. I know it sounds shocking from a preacher, but often you feel like every week comes, you've got to get a word from God for people. And I thought, what if no one, for three months, no one has to hear what I have to say? Will I seek God with such as much diligence for just Him as I do for people? And I found out that He is worth it. He is still beautiful. He is still wonderful. He is worth every breath, every praise, every moment. And we still love Jesus. So it's really good to be back and wonderful to be home at Life Change Church. So if you do not know who I am, welcome to church. This is the best family and the best church going around. So let's get into it. I remember uh, about 12 or so years ago, I'd been here at ministry for about a year and a bit, and, and it was proving a lot harder than the brochure uh, once suggested. I thought full-time ministry was, was going to be wonderful. I thought it was going to be power preachers. I thought it was going to be just incredible moments of worship and one after the other. But there's also this, this hard work of pastoring in between those gaps. And, it was, and I remember it just had been a season of, it seemed like for me, a, a young, fresh-faced guy from Durban, that, that actually this thing was really hard. There had been deaths, and there had been a heartache, and there had been pain, and there had been divorce and chaos, and it felt like one had led onto the other. And then there was this one incident that I can remember distinctly that felt like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I was like, I, I just don't know, I don't know what to do. And I, and I was trying to have a brave face and, and smile in the right moments and pray with faith in those moments. But I remember retreating to my car, um, the, the Toyota Conquest, and uh, we went to the, the beachfront, and I sat there, and, uh, and I could feel the tears were just a, a millisecond away, because I didn't know what else to do. And I remember scrolling through my phone, thinking, who can I call? Who should I call? Who will give me words of wisdom or courage? And, and I remember going through different names, and, and, and about to press that name, but just declining that, no, I won't press that name, scrolling through the different names that I can call, until I realized there was only one person that I could call. And I, I actually just went, knew the number by heart, 073-993-8970. And as I pressed call, and that name came up on my screen. I said, Dad. And I remember as I heard my dad's voice answer on the other side saying, Hi, my boy. The dam all broke. And I just wept. Wept and wept and wept. And I won't disclose the rest of that conversation, but I, I want to suggest today, in the brief moment we have, that I think I want to encourage us push us towards the authority and the access that we have as believers to call upon a name. When you are in trouble, when you have nowhere else to go, when every other form of counsel seems to have faded into oblivion, when you say, actually, everything on the exterior looks good, but inside I'm crumbling, who are you gonna call? No, not Ghostbusters. 
But I want to tell you that we have the authority and the access to a name that's above every other name. The name of the Lord. And I want to invite you, and I pray by the end of this morning, there'll be a fresh courage to call upon the name of the Lord like never before. Too much of the church have handed that courage and that accessibility over to somebody else. They've delegated it to a preacher, to a, a YouTube channel, to a podcast, or even maybe to a political party or to a financial institution or to the government's promises or to a spouse or to children's happiness and their own health. You've handed that over to somebody else and God says, no, I want the church to call upon my name again. And I want to drive us to that end today because I want to remind us that his name is not just a tagline to a prayer. It's not just a lyric in a song, and neither is a swear word in a movie. It's still the name that makes darkness tremble. It's still the name that makes demons flee. It's still the name for saint and for sinner. It's still the name for me. It's still the name that is whispered, uttered, and groaned. The name that still fulfills longings and mends broken bones. Still the name that trumps destruction and disease. It's still the name that brought death and the grave to its knees. It's the name of the Lord. Let's pray. It's in Jesus' name we gather. It's in Jesus' name that we believe. It's in Jesus' name we live and move and have our being. And this morning, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I want to take us to a portion of scripture briefly this morning that's found in Exodus chapter 3. But we've, we, we, we lean into these few verses that we'll read at the juncture where Moses is running from his past and he's terrified of his future. And in this middle ground where it's, it feels like he's stuck in between a rock and a hard place, where there's, there's no way back and it doesn't seem like there's any way forward. Where do I go from here? And everything seems to have ground to a halt for Moses. In a, in a sense, he's sitting on a beach in his car going, what do I do? Where do I go? And it's at that place that God meets him in a profound, profound way. And this is how the scripture goes. In Exodus chapter three, from verse 13 to 15, God is discussing with Moses who he is and revealing himself. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they'll ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also says to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name and my name to remember for all generations. Very briefly this morning, for time's sake, there's two things I wanna draw our attention to today. The name of the Lord, number one, is powerful and eternal. The name of the Lord is powerful and eternal. You see, Moses has this interaction with God, and when he says, God, who am I gonna say is sending me? A voice, a, a voice is coming from a burning bush. For me, that would be enough. I'm like, you've convinced me. But Moses is saying, in, in a pluralistic society, one with, where their gods are plenty, there's the God of the rain, the agriculture, the sun, the moon, the stars, and every God in between. Everyone is laying claim to be a God and have some form of deity. But Moses says, so which one is sending me? Tell me which God. It's not, and, and in this moment, from the first time, this is the first time God mentions his name. This is no run-of-the-mill introduction. This is no, hi, my name is, 
hi, my name is, hi, my name is Shika Shika Slim Shady. No. <laughs> this is not God just trying to introduce himself. Hi, my name is Bob. No, this is God self-disclosing who he is. And he's actually saying, I'm telling you my name. So when you know my name, you know what I'm like. Yeah. You, you know who I am. And it's this phrase that he says that has, has, has revolutionized the way we interact with God when he says, I am who I am. Which, let's say from the outset, is bad grammar. But when you are the almighty God, the rules don't apply to you. I am who I am. Other translations say, I will be who I will be. The best translation, I believe, is the one which says, I be who I be. Because that sounds so gangster. And when you're in a dark place, you need a God who says, I be who I be. I'm like, that's, that's the God I serve. But in a sense, what he's saying, he's saying, I, this is, it says, God is who God is. No more, no less. And what he's saying this when he says, I am who I am, I will be who I'll be, I be who I be, he is saying that I am distinct and I have no comparison. I'm not just one of the many others lining up for your attention. I am outside of that. I'm above all that. He's saying, as Isaiah 40 says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Who has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, says the Holy One. God is distinct without comparison. But he's also saying when he says, I am who I am. I will be who I'll be. I be who I be. He's saying, I'm sufficient. I'm enough. He's saying, I have been, I am, and I'll always be. I never had a beginning. I never have an end. I frame all of eternity. God was, God is, and God will be. In a sense, God in that moment saying, I'm not someone who will lead you to enough. I am enough. I'm not a means to an end. I am the end. He depends on nothing. He says, if you have me, I am who I am. That's enough. He says, I'm distinct. I have no equal. He says, I'm sufficient. I am enough. He's also saying when he says, I am who I am, and I'll be who I'll be, and I be who I be, he says, I'm consistent. I never change. Nothing in all creation takes him off God and backs him into a corner. James 1 verse 17 says, he does not change like the shifting shadows. Hebrews 13, 8 says, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says, he doesn't grow faint or grow weary. And I love this because Moses is about to face the might of the Egyptian nation who have held his people in captivity for over 400 years. And what does Moses have for this great mission? He has a criminal track record. He has 40 years hiding in the desert and he has a stutter. Oh, let's go. Moses, go to the, the political power of the day and let my people free. Stage a coup and set the nation free. With my criminal record, with my 40 years of, of sitting on, on, on my backside in the backside of a desert doing nothing, with my stutter, God says, listen, this is what I'm giving you. You have my name and that is enough. That is sufficient. I say it often, but I remind my own heart that when we look at this nation, we zoom out, we go, Egypt rose and Egypt fell. Then Babylon rose and Babylon fell. Rome rose and Rome fell. ISIS rose and ISIS fell. COVID rose and COVID fell. 
but the name of the Lord stands supreme. Now, I don't know what you're facing right now. Israel, right now, being bombed. Ukraine and Russia, what is happening in there? We look around the world and we see the, the, the state of the nation of America. It feels like the empire is burning. We look at our, into the world around us. We look maybe closer to home, in your own homes. It might feel like your own home and your own life is falling apart. Let me tell you, I am who I am. I don't have enough. I am who I am. I will be who I'll be. His name, the name of the Lord, is powerful and eternal. This is the courage I want to put in our hearts because in, in Psalm 138 verse 2, he says, I've raised above all things my name and my word. That means his name has been risen by God above all things. He goes on and says in Proverbs 18 verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. It's above all. It's stronger than all. And Isaiah 45 23 says, I have sworn by my own name says the Lord. I have spoken the truth and I'll never go back on my word. It's above all, it's stronger than all, and it's more trustworthy than them all. The name of the Lord. He says, I am who I am. It's powerful and eternal. But secondly and finally, I also want to remind us his name is personal and available. I love this. When Moses says, who shall I say is sending me? God doesn't give his title. Up to this moment, he doesn't say, I am Elohim, which he rightly could have, the God of all gods. El Shaddai, God Almighty. He could have said, this is my title and this is what I do. But God doesn't introduce himself by what he does. He gives his name, which speaks of who he is. He reveals his personality. And I want to tell you, before I met my wife, Fiona, I only really knew three Fionas. Shrek's wife. <laughs> the host of South African Weakest Link, Fiona Coyne. And, uh, and uh, another lady from the previous church I was in who just always complained when I played my electric guitar too loud. The name Fiona didn't really do much in my, in my soul. But on this, from the 17th of March, 2013, whenever I saw the name Fiona from that moment, oh, you say Fiona, I think of the sweetest, most beautiful, most loving, most kind, the most gorgeous name in the face of the earth. Fiona. Don't just love that name. Because I now know that who that name represents. I know who that name, what that name carries. I know her nature. I know what that name means. So when God says, this is who I am, I am who I am. I'll be who I'll be. I'll be who i be. And he goes on and says, Yahweh has sent you. Yahweh, which in, in some of our translations now has been translated L-O-R-D, Lord, in all caps. So if you see in your Bible where it says the word Lord and they're all in capital letters, that's where the word Yahweh will be. And it's used in the scriptures over 6,500 times. The Lord shall be known in a certain way. I am who I am. I'll be who I'll be. I be who I be. And this is an incredible thing that the, that the, trans, the translators have used that word. They translated it for us. Our English language is Jehovah. So we use that word Jehovah as well. We're talking about the same God, the same God, the same thing. But the, the, the Jewish writers, they, they love the name of God. They, they want to revere it so as holy and set apart and almost distinct, that going, which is a beautiful thing. But what they've done is, they, so they, the way they said, no one can say that word out loud because we don't want to stain it. It's powerful and eternal. We don't want to stain it. So remove the vowels from it. And they just had, they left just four letters, the consonants, Y-H-W-H. So you, so people couldn't speak it out accidentally. And the, 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 the words that they'll use to, the, the, the letters to um, 
can modify those words, Y-H-W-H, as Yod, Hey, Va, Hey. It's quite a fun thing to say. Yod, Hey, Va, Hey. Why don't you just try it quickly? Yod, Hey, Va, Hey. Now, let me tell you, if you're in a congregation like this and you've just said Yod, Hey, Va, Hey, if you've got bad breath, people will know. Because it's impossible to say without breathing. It's a very breathy, yod, hey, vad, hey, yod, hey, va, hey. And what I love about this is the Jewish writers, which is incredible, the leaders of the time, they, they said we want to keep it as distinct. But I love the fact that actually when Moses said, God, who are you? I can imagine, if I can use my imagination, it almost when he heard Yahweh, he almost heard the breath of God. This is who I am. And it reminds me of Genesis 2 verse 7. When God created Adam, and it says, the Lord God breathed his life into Adam. And if I can use my imagination a little bit, I imagine God, when he breathed his life, he was breathing his nature, his very essence, who he was. He was breathing his name into humanity. And I can imagine the first breath of God into Adam was, yod hey vad hey Birth and intimacy. Yes, the powerful and the eternal, but also the very personal and accessible, available. The breath of God, the name of God is close as the breath in your lungs. And this is why I love this because he says, my name is Yahweh. And he says, say this to the people. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. And this struck me a while ago. That actually when I read this, it's, 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 it's like the sort of reality that I can imagine Moses getting a little bit excited. Okay, I'm nervous to go, but God, give me courage. You're powerful and eternal. I am who I am. I'll be who I'll be. i be who I be. You're so personal and accessible. Yes, God, I can feel your breath. I'm, I'm ready to go. And then he says these words, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think it might have thrown him because he would have gone the God of Abraham. He says, oh, I like the God of Abraham. Abraham, you know, he was, he was the friend of God. He was the one who believed God. He was the patriarch. He was the man, Abraham, who looked for a city whose builder and architect was God. Though he was dead, he received the son of promise. Wow, Abraham, I want that God. He says also, I'm the God of Isaac. Oh, he would have said, oh, I love Isaac. Isaac is the son of promise. He's the, 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 the very essence of the fact that God is a God who keeps his promise. Yes, I love Isaac. I want a God of Isaac. And then he says, and I am the God of Jacob. Huh? Jacob. Jacob, that guy. The trickster. The con artist. The black sheep. The mess. The embarrassment. The result of generational curse. Jacob? And actually... If you are God and you're powerful and eternal, surely you know already, God, that Jacob has had his name changed to Israel. So surely you should say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. That makes more sense to me. But God does not make mistakes. And God in that moment to Moses says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think he knew that actually for generations and still to this day, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and not Israel, but Jacob. He uses that name intentionally because God is intentional revealing his name. He's using another name, someone who's flawed and ruined and weak to remind that I'm also the God, not just of the strong, not to those who've got it all together. I'm actually the God of the Jacobs. He still is the God of the Jacobs and Moses needed to hear that he's the God of Jacob because then he could believe, yes, maybe he can even be the God of Moses. And if he's the God of Jacob, he says, I'm the God of your wickedness. I'm the God of your wandering. I'm the God of your, or your, your weakness. He says, I'm the God of the people who went to jail. I'm still the God of the people who made mistakes. I'm the God of the people who had abortions. I'm the God of the people who had babies out of a wedlock. I'm the God of the divorced. I'm the God of the bankrupt. I'm the God of those who have been addicted to drugs. I'm the God of those who have addicted to pain meds, alcohol, pornography. I'm the God of those who have been cheated against and those who are doing the cheating themselves. I am the God of Jacob. And he gives us that name. 
He says, I'm the God of the left out, the drop out, the down and out. He says, my name is powerful and eternal. But it's also personal and available. The name of the Lord. And that's why when God starts to self-disclose more and more, he says, I am Jehovah Jireh, which means I am the Lord, your provider. Not just the provider. He says, I'm your provider. He says, I am Jehovah Nisi. He says, that means the Lord, my victory. He says, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. Yes, we sometimes know Jehovah Rapha, he is the God who heals, but we don't know him as personal and available as my healer. But he says, call upon the name of the Lord. He's Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, my peace. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, my righteousness. And as David said in the Psalms, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just the shepherd, but my shepherd. And he wants to be the God of Jacob. He wants to be the God of you, the God of Bongani, the God of Steve, the God of Sue. He wants to be your God. Powerful and eternal, personal and available. And then we come to this man named Jesus and we'll bring this into close as the band come up. In John 8, verse 57 to 58, Jesus arrives at the scene and he's having, he's riling up the religious elite. The religious elite who won't even say the name of God. The religious elite who, who know God is powerful and eternal, but, they, but they're nervous of God. They stand at a distance and they're worried about him. But then Jesus steps into the story. God putting on flesh, coming and showing us that yes, he's powerful and eternal, but he's also personal and available. And this is what he says to them. The people said to Jesus, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? To which Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. And it was at this that they started to, they wanted to stone him and the plots to kill him started to go on because now Jesus was claiming, I'm not just a good prophet. I'm not just someone with a nice name. I'm someone with the name. I am who I am. If it doesn't take much logic to realize this, that God, Jesus is saying, I am the God. I am Yahweh. I am who I am, Jesus is saying. I will be who I'll be. I be who I be. And that means for us, we have a savior whose blood is powerful and eternal. We also have a Savior whose blood is personal and available. And so much so that when he died on the cross, Philippians 2 tells us this. It says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest name and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in Romans 10 tells us, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I say again, it's still the name that is whispered, uttered, and groaned. It's the name that still fulfills longings and means broken bones. It's still the name that trumps destruction and disease. It's still the name that brought death and the grave to its knees. It's still the name that makes darkness tremble. It's still the name that makes demons flee. It's still the name for the saints and for the sinner. It's still the name for you and me. My, parent, my kids a few years ago found out, age six and four now, but they found out that my name was Gabriel and they thought this was amazing. My little girl would stand outside and, and, and echo her mom often when I was a little bit late for dinner or was doing something outside or on the phone, she'll start shouting my little girl at the age of three going, Gabs, Gabs, it's disconcerting. And then they found out my name was Gabriel Stephen Phillips. And my boy thought that was even more hilarious, but he struggled to say the name Stephen, so he said Gabriel Elephant Phillips. And that was hilarious. And they often, they'll go a bit defaulted, Gabriel, and I, and I laugh and chuckle. But let me tell you, in the darkness of night, when they 
Their little hearts are fragile. When the darkness seems dark and the nightlight during ESCOM load shedding goes very dim. And they wake up and they're a little bit disconcerted and their whole worlds are falling apart. In that moment of darkness, they're not calling out any other name that other people can use. They cry out one name. Dad! And it's that that cry, at that name, that I leap out of bed. In my fragile state, that in that moment, they think dad is powerful. But they also know at that state, when they cry out dad, dad will come. Because he's personal and available. You and I have a name that we can call on. He says, I am who I am. I will be who I'll be. I be who I be. You're sitting late at night and you're holding that child and sickness has ravaged that child and you don't know what else to do. And you feel like, who else do I call in this moment? Call on the name of the Lord. He's the Lord, your healer. When that spouse has walked out on you, and you're desperate for us. You, you say, where do I turn? I tell you, call on the name of the Lord. He's the Lord, your banner, your victory. When you feel that you've shamed Him too much, you feel the shame of your sin and the stain of your brokenness is still over. You've made a hundred and a hundred promises and you feel, how can I call out to Him? He says, I'm the God of Jacob still. It's never been about your name and your achievements. It's about my name. It's above all. It's stronger than all. It's a strong tower. It's more trustworthy than all. Can we stand to our feet? With every eye closed, we're going to sing in a moment and we're going to call on the name of the Lord as we land this service. We're going to posture our hearts to, as believers to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, who is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Not just the one who provides, but He is the provision. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, not just the one who gives righteousness. He is our righteousness. He's Jehovah Shalom, not the one who just brings peace. He is our peace. He's not just Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals. He's, he is our healing. By His stripes, we are healed. It's in Him. Jesus is God. And this is the name that we can call. Powerful and eternal. Personal and accessible. But right now, with every eye closed, right now, if you are here, and you say, I have wandered far from that name. But today I want to come home, whether for the first time or the hundredth time. I'm not counting, neither is he. God is no longer counting man's sins against him. But he says, those who call on his name shall be saved. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I'd love you to lift your hand as a response, as a, as a physical declaration, say, I'm calling on his name. I'm saying, Jesus, my sin may be large, but I, I need to come and repent and trust your name for my salvation. If that's you, one, two, three, lift your hand up so I can pray for you. Father, I thank you for these hands. I thank you, Jesus, as people surrender in the balcony, online, here down below. I thank you right now that those who call in the name of the Lord, you hear them and you do redeem. You save. So I thank you, Father, salvation, restoration, hope, life, everything that is in your name would flood hearts afresh, God. We call on the name of Jesus. Right now, if your hands lifted, why don't you just call on the name of the Lord? Say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I repent. Jesus, I come home. Jesus, I give my life to you. You do that right now. The power is in your, name, your confession. Confess the name of Jesus. It's His name above all other names. Let's do it. Why don't we lift our hands as a church? Lift Everyone lift your hands right now. Jesus, we say your name. Your name above all names. Jesus, I declare right now, your righteousness, not our own. Jesus, your peace, your peace, not our own attempts. I thank you, Jesus. We'll be a church that have one name. 
Jesus, we will be a church that have one desire, your name, your name that causes the darkness to tremble, your name that causes demons to flee, your name that makes disease come, cut it down at the knees. I thank you, Jesus, it's your name for you and for me. It's His name, His name, His name, the name of Jesus. Let's call on the name. Church, lift up your voice. Call on His name this morning.